49.50. Whatever it is. But yeah, what is, what's the significance of Labor Day? Does anyone know? I'm, I was just curious. I've never thought about it until today. It's the day that we all get free from labor. We are okay. free from labor. And uh, it honors the American labor movement and the contributions that workers have made, strength, prosperity, laws, and well-being for the country. So it's just a free day, basically. That's cool. Yeah. For no all work, just curious. we do. I'm not going to lie. For a second, I felt stupid because, like, I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah, we're like, oh, we have Labor Day yeah. off. Like, we say that <laughs> was, like, some emphasis. Like, Columbus Day, all the other days got some purpose. But um, we actually have a guest. Well, first off, happy belated, well, still birthday to Christelle. More, we can't still going strong. Thank you. Woohoo. Special guest, Kenneth, Kenneth Clark. So, you know what's crazy is when I read your Instagram, right? You know, it's yeah. Kenneth Clark. Yeah. But I thought it was Ken is. Ken Clark. is Clark. <laughs> so, up until we met, I thought your name was Ken. Like a, like a secret <laughs> meaning to it. No, I, 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 just thought, I just thought it was a sentence. Ken is, and like your last, I thought your name was Ken Clark. Ah, I got you. You know like, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. It was just, well, that's cool. That's a cool play on, play on words, though. It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm here giving people more. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yo, welcome to Atlanta. For sure, for sure. Is it your first time coming out here? Uh, nah, like, I came out here a few years ago. Okay. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Completely yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. Different vibe when I came out here years ago. Different vibe. But yeah, Christelle, she had a special friend, her special good friend from Cali come out to Atlanta for her birthday weekend, yeah, Labor yeah. Day weekend. Had a good time last night, but we wanted to bring him through while he was in town so we could, you know, learn a little bit more about his journey, up and coming artists. So I'll, I'll say, how about this? Just tell a little people about yourself and then we'll, we'll jump right into it. Okay. Um, so Ken is, Ken is Clark. <laughs> Ken is Clark, um, recording artist, songwriter. Um, you know, I've always been into music um, throughout all my years of school and high school and college. I didn't get the pleasure of going to Oakwood like some of you people. Everybody I know from Oakwood is like crazy talented. They yeah, live by it. <laughs> live by it. But, but yeah, man, you know, just overall creative guy. Um, you know, I, I love to uh, create and um, just use my gifts, man. And I just love music, man, and writing it and working and dancing and just like anything creative. Yo, so tell people, what, what genre of music? Well, I used to... Uh, primarily be like R&B, hip-hop, you know, that type of vibe, but now I'm more CCM, contemporary Christian music, um, and... Know a little bit about you know, CCM. You know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I contemporary contemporary Christian. It's like, it's okay. like, I know it. I didn't know yeah. that CCM stood for Christian music, Christian. that makes sense to me. Huh? You're a Christian Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was so. the linkage. That was it. Come on, Eddie. Come on. Devin, send me those tracks. Now turn around, another one. Oh, you know Devin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Devin, O'Bannon. You guys know Devin? That's Patrice. I was like, yeah, that's not that's not her name. Yeah, me and my sister. Oh, dog. Why don't you just? Can we just make this a? Yeah, you can come over. You can come over. It's about time. First off, this is all Eddie's fault. Ellen's like, the time is not right. It's bubbling. The time is not right. Should we shift? Should you? Should you like shift that way? It will shift. Okay. And then make a shift. And then that way Prashia's in. Okay. Cool. We'll just swing the mic, you know. Yeah. That's how it goes. Like put that in between y'all, I guess. And y'all yeah. can put that one in between y'all. Okay, cool. So 
this podcast just went from <laughs> two to six people. So there's going to be a lot of feedback in this right right now. I'm like trying to figure out how to hook it onto this so it can stand. Yeah, well, could somebody, I want it like that. <laughs> so. Oh, you want to stay? Yeah, because it keeps flipping. Are you going to oh, pause this part out, I think? That's oh, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is, is it We're gospel, technically, yeah. Okay. So we hop into that. Like, that's my first question. Mm-hmm. What defines the genre or what makes each artist what category they feel like they fall into? Hmm. And part two of that question is, um, as artists, how do y'all feel about being called gospel artists? Mm-hmm. Or some of y'all just consider yourself artists with a concentration on your spiritual beliefs and your religious tie. Okay. Well, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really gone into, like, the whole depths of mm-hmm. what gospel and CC and, like, the differences. But you can always tell in the sound. Um, gospel is, like, more traditional. So it's, like, more that, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. The CCM is, like, more, like, I don't know, worshipy. And I don't know. What would you say? I, have, I don't know. I mean, I would say um, contemporary is, is more of a, you know, just—I mean, for me, it's, it sounds like it's not—it's just not traditional. It's not your traditional right. sound mm-hmm. um, of what you're you're gonna expect to have or contain the the good news in. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we all know about you know the how can I say? I think Lecrae has said is he's he said something about um, he's not a a, a a Christian. You said something like I'm not I'm not a I'm not a uh, I'm not a Christian artist. I'm a, I'm not a you know what I'm trying to say yeah, when he says some. It was like how he played it to where he's not <clears throat> saying like I'm um, a Christian artist. I'm just an artist who's Christian. I think he said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, I'm glad um, you brought him up because he's one of the more outspoken <clears throat> artists about like this is just my message. It's right. Like, not necessarily in this category. Right. I mean, it, the, I mean, the cool thing is that you can say that, but when you're actually distributing records, yeah, you have to right. go yeah, into a category. Fine, yeah. That's just how it is. So, um, you know, gospel. You know, it's definitely like, like you said, that traditional feel. You know, mm-hmm. you get that that worship music, but the contemporary. I think there's more room for different sounds, yeah. um, different uh, vibes, and just um, a different way to actually deliver the message, mm-hmm. um, or whatever you have on your heart at mm-hmm. that time. I was like, so from my perspective, because I'm not an artist, but I can go to church, I listen to radio, mm-hmm. right? So. Gospel, again, I think both Christian and contemporary and then gospel, they both fit inside like a church sanctuary setting, right? right. Whether you want to or not, it could be a concert, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Listen to in the car, your iPod. Um, but I guess one of my, from my perspective, how do you guys feel about this? Do you think in being, um, if you make more Christian gospel contemporary music, that the message needs to be more well-rounded? Because I guess coming from like growing up in the church, right? Mm-hmm. For, I always had the association where if you were Christian artists, 
like you are almost in a sense like the pastor because you're delivering the message, mm-hmm. but now just in an artistic musical form. Right. Mm-hmm. And so recently when I heard like the Lecrae thing, mm-hmm. it, it didn't make me sad, but it, it threw me off a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I come up, I'm like, oh, he's the Christian rapper. Like, mm-hmm. no, he's just the rapper that is Christian. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, I don't know how to say, like close off what I'm saying. But more like open-endedly, do you think that there's a, a more a really fine line between like the lifestyle and the music that you want to perform? Right. And do you think that there's some sort of almost responsibility as as the artist to deliver that message like very clearly? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I, I and sorry to cut in. I mean, I've had conversations with Christelle about this, about you know just you know the beat could be knocking, it could have a certain vibe, but you got to make sure what you're saying in it is very clear mm-hmm. um, because then it can get, you know, um, mis- it can, is, what is, then you're like, well, what are you listening to? Like, is this, because there's times I've listened to certain Christian artists, quote unquote, just listen. I'm like, is this song about you or is it about the goodness of God in your life? You know what I'm saying? What's really yeah. happening right now? And there's ways you can craftly, you know, be crafty in how you deliver it once again. But then when you actually break it down, you're like, well, what are you really, really saying? So I think it is a fine line and it is a responsibility to make sure that, you know, you, you, you do do it. Even if you're, you're rapping or you're, you know, you have a different type of singing vibe, you still got to make sure that that song has that message. And at least make sure it has something even scriptural that it can stand on. Right. So that way someone say, hey, what was, that, what was that record about? You know, you can actually go to it and actually explain it or you can actually, you know, it, it, it can, you can relay it to someone. No, I, and so I guess my next question is, well, do you think, right, that any artist should be open to performing Christian contemporary or gospel music? My example is going to be, like, should Snoop Dogg have a gospel album? <laughs> Actually, I would love to answer that question because we, we definitely have a conversation about this and how I feel about crossover artists. So, like... He just said, I feel like when you're going to, when you decide to become a Christian artist or a Christian contemporary artist or a gospel artist, or you decide to slant your music in a way which somebody turns it on and they know you're worshiping God, you have such a thin line before it becomes confusing or before mm-hmm. it becomes sacrilegious or almost kind of blasphemous. You know, you want to be sure that your if somebody turns on your music like there was this one song that Nicki Minaj had with Tasha Cobbs mm-hmm. and I was now I can't listen to Tasha Cobbs because I feel like this was purely something done for publicity or from a marketing standpoint or for profit you know so why can I now trust you to turn you on and know that when I'm on my way to church that what you're singing about is truly coming from your heart and it's more so not something you're doing because you're signed to this label and you're making money off of it. Yeah. It's such a thin line when you start to do crossover music and gets a little it's it's hard it's because confusing. this day it's confusing and everybody wants to be mainstream. Everybody right. wants to be on a certain wavelength and have a certain sound and they of course you have to make money. Like if you're an artist, it's tough because there's a lot of people doing things the other way where they can put curse words and talk about mm-hmm. booties and butts and dripping and just- <laughs> okay <laughs> we're not gonna get off that so you know you're you're kind of going against all of that what's being fed in mainstream and so it's harder as a christian artist to really stand firm in what you believe and so that others can see and say wow she you know one of my favorite people fred hammond because i don't think he's ever gone astray but you know that's why i can turn him on you know and i know that okay if i'm going to church i'm going to listen to fred hammond because i know what he's saying 
saying is pure. Right. It's coming from a genuine place and not a place where, you know, he's doing this just because it's a, a career option. Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. Very well said. <laughs> I also think, too, um, I mean, this is definitely a heart check when you are doing this type of music. Um, a heart check and also leading with your life. Like I wasn't raised in the church per se. You know, I wasn't like my mom and dad wasn't, you know, first lady and pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were seeds that were sown. And as I got older, different events and things like that, you know, God always showed himself. And I've, I've always knew that he was there until there was that point where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow God. And now this gift that he's given me with music with writing and you know producing and all of this stuff, how can I use it to glorify the kingdom? So now it's like my heart. I'm checking it. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not trying to do this because I'm just trying to be the next popping artist out there. No more. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing this because okay, I want to use this to glorify God. And then I'm leading like with my life. So like then it's like okay, checking my everyday life to make sure like okay, whatever I'm putting in this record is like what I'm living. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I mean, that's that's my conviction when it comes to what I <laughs> what I do. Because, I mean, it is tough, though, because one thing I remember, too, and this I, I watched the interview one time. This guy said, you know, gospel music um, or, you know, just gospel mainstream music, I think sometimes we forget that, like, it still is a business. So, like, even though we want all these artists to be spirit-filled and, like, spirit-led all the time, is is sometimes some some of those artists are gospel gimmicks in a sense they're put it's together. Entertainment. It's entertainment, but it's gospel entertainment, which is which is another crazy, crazy thing. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So it's 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 an interesting place to be, but you know, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's a lot, and I think what you said is like words also, because. And I, it actually, because it, it, at a certain point, it gets bigger than the business and the music, right? It, it comes down to just your everyday livelihood. Right. So if you're making gospel or you say Christian music, but you know what you're singing isn't what you even believe, or like it's going to show in one way, whether it's in the music or just in your personal life. So I think, yeah, it's really, it's, it's just it's such a, a weird, it's a weird, it's like an upside down conversation that you have on itself. So out of curiosity, because I was telling Christelle, like the, the week, before the week of that we were promoting for the showcase mm-hmm. um your ma- manager i didn't know at the time we right. connected on instagram right Jordan. Yeah, yeah yeah and we were like talking back and forth so i was like yo we should make it but he's like i don't think i can and then i saw you and i was like oh look at this yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. so how do you as a open like as a new artist right i don't want to say mm-hmm. new but you know still in the grind how did you find and how do you know who is the right person to be your manager, right? Right. Because that's what a lot of people struggle with. They're trying to get off, but they don't know who that person is to help them. Mm-hmm. So, like, how did you and Jordan, like, what, how did that relationship begin? Well, a lot of stuff I was doing on my own for a while. I mean, I had a manager when I first got to L.A., um, and with that actual management, we just realized that they had a, they had a better role at doing marketing. Um, but then I started to do a lot of my bookings on my, my own. Um, I started to um, just set up a lot of things by myself. Um, I think when you realize you need a manager is when you realize, okay, I've done all that I can do at this level. I need someone at another level to handle certain things for me. Um, and then also, too, just having a manager gives you a certain type of look. It makes you, you know, just look a little more, you know, you're not the direct artist yeah. reaching out to 
promoters or producers or labels, things like that, you have someone actually advocating for you. Um, and I think that word too, just someone who's going to really advocate and work for, work hard for you. Um, sometimes I think, you know, them having the relationships is definitely a plus if they have those relationships. If they're a little closer to having those relationships, that's good too. But I also think, you know, what is the, um, the end goal? You know, are they... Um, listening to you, you know what? Are you, what are what are the things that you want to accomplish, um, and are they incapable? Are they and willing and being capable of actually getting you there? So I met Jordan um, through a company that actually just contacted me over Instagram. Um, they initially wanted me to write for one of their artists, mm-hmm. um, but then they kind of said, "Hey, like you know, you're an artist yourself. You're a writer yourself. Um, we're actually going to be opening up to taking taking on some artists that we want to manage." Um, and the owner directly contacted me, linked me up with Jordan. Um, before we actually signed the management um, agreement, um, Jordan flew me out to Nashville because it was a show out there. Flew me out to Nashville, and it was like me doing the show, got booked for it, me meeting him. He actually was able to see and hear everything, and then that show went really good. And it was like, man, like you know, I, I want to work with Kenneth. And then I just seen how hard he works. Um, and then even the owner who they are cold, they have like a cold management thing going on mm-hmm. right now. Even her, like, you know, she's really plugged in in the industry with tons of different labels and tons of different people. Um, and they just, they just seen and heard, I was able to express my vision with them and they just got right on board. Um, so yeah, that's how I met Jordan and, that's, um, uh, and yeah. Cofield, that's the, that's my other manager as well. But yeah, it just organically just kind of happened. When you're looking for a manager, uh, do you take into account like some of their personal values? This episode of the 1305 Show is brought to you by the Pattern Family Network. Go to our Instagram at Pattern Family Network to see clips from this episode and other content from our new podcast, In the Black, a bi-weekly financial podcast tailored to the African-American experience in boss mode, an entrepreneurial web series hosted by Khalif Alder. So remember, just go to Pattern Family Network on Instagram. Now back to the show. He's not going to get me booked at some like a strip club, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not going to like have me like looking out there, out there looking crazy. He understands everything. And then I also get the opportunity to now sow seeds into, into, in, with him. You know, like the other day, like we was talking about something. He was like, man, God's good. I was like, yeah, like, that's what's up, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just, but, but, you know, even then too, it's like you kind of become, you know, you can kind of now lead it in, in by, just by example, um, that mutual respect is there too. And you never know whose lives you could be, whose life you could be changing or impacting, you know? So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, con- I'm not going to condemn them, but at the same time, like. You're not gonna have me out here looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? You like that 20 hat naked women. Yeah, like, come on, Jordan, what you doing, dog? You know, you know what's going on? Champagne ball. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think values of connecting, make sure the values are, are, are um, understood. Yeah. Sure, what's been going on with y'all? I've been a fan for years. And I'm glad that everyone brought this closer. Well. I, wish the, I wish the whole family was here. That would have yeah, been, that that been, been, been a special weekend yeah. episode. How's everything going with y'all? I see y'all making moves. Going good. Um, Welcome to Atlanta. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here finally. <laughs> finally. Um, everything's been going good. Um, well, pretty good. We just released uh, a single. 
called Finisher. If you guys want to check it out, it's everywhere. Apple how, how, Music. Will we, how will they check it out? Um, yeah, Apple Music, uh, iTunes, whatever, Spotify, under G Zang, J U Z A N G. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, music is going good. Um, going well. Everything's going well. We're still in a process of kind of. Like, we just were actually trying to get new management now. So it's funny, the question you asked about management um, and having it. I think there's pros and cons to having a manager. Um, obviously, pros is, like you said, they can advocate for you. Um, and it, it honestly looks more professional. It's like when somebody comes up to you trying to ask you to come sing for them. It's like, oh, talk to my manager. You know, that sounds more professional. But... We live in a time where social media is like on your side. I feel like you don't really have to have, you don't have to have a manager. But um, we are looking for a new management, kind of. So we're under, under, what's the word I'm looking Transition. for? Yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. But it's going good. Well, you, if you're based here, so how, how, how are y'all practicing? Do you, do you have to travel? Do you fly? Well, up? since I just moved here, we haven't really figured that part out. But right now, because my sister's trying to move to Charlotte, actually. So it's going to be like one in Huntsville, one in Atlanta, one in Charlotte. So Atlanta's like the middle between the two. So I think they're just going to come up here and we'll practice here. Gotcha. But yeah, we haven't really figured that out. But Transition we'll time. I know. <laughs> a I know. Transition I know. is always good. But not good. Oakwood people. Bro, I met y'all when I was in high school. I'll never forget it. I was the only black kid, and then there was the only black team. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Is this basketball season? Basketball. Talking about Texas. When Texas. 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 Oh, because yeah. I was going to talk about when G-Triple-A killed Oakwood. Shout out to that. Um, wait a hey, second. Maybe the guys, not the girls. I played Whoa. on the girls' team, and I have to say we beat y'all. Wait, we went to no, school at different that, times. Well, we went to school at different times, so maybe that's what it is. We went to school at different times. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> when I was playing basketball, we wiped you guys every game. I feel like we did play at the same time though because you're in my sister's class right yes so I remember we had tournament but this is when we had tournaments in Georgia when you guys came to play with mm-hmm, us mm-hmm. we killed you guys Maybe you guys did not win that time. Okay. It sounds like y'all want to play right now. It sounds like we can go. As a quick side story, (laughs) (laughs) because there was actually just one weekend that the basketball arguments would not stop. Like literally, it was a three on three girls basketball game. Are you talking about at Oakwood? Yes. Okay, so seriously, and who won? They were arguing for hours on a Saturday. And we were like, all right, whatever. Three versus three. They, we would but who Academy won? They would, I don't remember. Who was your team? It was me, Gabby, and <laughs> somebody else. It had, it was, I, don't I don't know remember. if it was Rachelle, but look, we killed them. It was like 10 to 2. Who did play? I scored 9 points. It was like, <laughs> I can't remember. I don't even remember who was. I just remember that we went and played a 3 on 3. And game. it was in the dark. And it was really cool because like we were talking about it, and then you got there, and then they were like, <laughs> It was in the dark. This is how you know we were really like basketball, ball is life. It was dark outside. We only had the light of the headlights of cars that were like on the, yes. Okay. Yeah, good times. That was really good. But no, I like that because, how long have you been with Jordan in the group? Has it been a while? Oh, Jordan, Jordan for management? About like four months. Oh, four months. Right. So relatively new and like in transition. Mm-hmm. 
for let me ask this leading up into signing with someone right because essentially you're you're trusting this person with your life Mm -hmm. right is it nerve-wracking do you talk about this with other like friends and family like how do you come to saying like you're the person right well i pray about first and then that's a a very good answer (laughs) 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 and then i would i talk to you know people who are who are my mentors you know just hey what do you think about this this is what the contract is looking like. Um, this is what they're offering. I mean, and then I actually just think, like, is this something that they're going to be able to do that I can't do right now? Um, what can I still bring to the table? Because I'm not just saying, okay, hey, manage me and, you know, just I'm sitting in my, my butt doing nothing. You know, still like, okay, like, you know, how can we still partner up and still, you know, move this thing together? Um and then also too, it's just like okay, where do I see myself at the end? You know, at the end of this term, <clears throat> if it's a year, end of the year, what do I see going on? What type of progression I've seen? And so far, like we've got some pretty, pretty cool things accomplished. We've connected with some pretty tight people. Um, you know, like for instance, I, I got a contact for uh, Juice TV, Ayo. which is which is um, a, a a network on TVN. I said, hey, Jordan. Check this out for me if you could. Got it. Got you. Next day, hey, you got a meeting with them on Monday. TBN. You know what I'm saying? And then... Uh, bro, and we plug you in the GC. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real, for real. You know, hey. Bro, we got to plug you in the GC. Plug me in the GC, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm over here thinking, like, yeah. the church, that's our that's our playground. <laughs> yeah. You know, around the church. I'll be honest with you, But I'm just saying, like, something like that where, like, you know, we was able to actually hone in on a connection and then at the same time, when I when I met with the the director of that of the of he it was like we were supposed to meet right. you know so I think just me praying about it first um, really just helped just you know have me to to use my discernment on different things mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean you know definitely leading up to it I mean it does depend on what the contract is looking like too like what's the, what's what's what what's the details you know what are they asking for right. um, but if it makes sense to you and if you don't you know you don't see a risk in it. You see that it's only gained and, you know, why not? So would you advise someone in your position, especially if you, if this goes for you as well, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at those, I'm assuming, are you looking at this solo outside of your mentors? Do you actually bring in like a lawyer to review the contract? Right. Mm-hmm. right. So is it, right. like talk more about that because people are like, I don't want people down here just go sign the contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sign them all. Right, right, right. Yeah. So do you, <laughs> you have a personal attorney or how does that process work? Right, well, there's attorney friends that I have okay. that'll proofread it. Just like, I got you over GP. I'll, I'll check this out for you. I'll let you know if it's pretty good. Um, you definitely want to have someone like that where they're not going to just charge you that. Okay, wait, I'll read it for you. But, <laughs> but there's services out there too. There's like LegalZoom where you can, you know, pay a fee and, you know, they review contracts mm-hmm. and, you know, agreements and things like that for you. Um, but it's just depending on what you're looking for, okay. what you're okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, but you attorney people. that. You, y'all need an attorney. Don't be out here just signing. Get, 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 get someone. These NDR artist contracts. Get someone. Even if it's not your direct one, like have a get a friend right. and then check it out for you. Cool. You uh you mentioned that you start off, started off as a writer. Mm-hmm. I was wondering when um because some of the dopest artists that we have out now start out started out as writers. Mm-hmm. Like when do y'all make that decision? Like y'all working with artists, y'all writing. You just, mm-hmm. Is it a light bulb that just goes off? It's like, I want to be the one to execute this song. Like, I have a vision for it, and I'm tired of putting 
words to a pen and mm-hmm. letting somebody else do it, even mm-hmm. though it's cool, mm-hmm. you get to a point where like I just feel like I can do it. Well, way. and just and just to correct you, when I said writer, I didn't I didn't really start out as a writer. I, mm-hmm. I was always like writing it. I was always like being an artist. Writing was something that I started to do as I was developing gotcha. as an artist. Um, so. I want to say there was a point where I made a decision to say, hey, I'm going to just be an artist or I'm just going to be a writer. I think I just looked back and was like, hey, I can be an artist, but I can also write too. Right. So why am I going to close myself off to it? Um, you know, what, what actually led me to really promote myself as a writer was, you know, I had some some deals and things that went th- that fell through and I just had this long catalog, catalog just a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that I've written. And I was like, you know what? I got a catalog that I can shop. Yeah, and then you know, then I started understanding that hey, like I, I I'm also pretty cool and good at vocal producing in the studio with artists because I've worked with certain artists and I've written with artists and I have artists I'm working with now with Devin O'Bannon, where like I'm like you know they're they're actually listening to me and um, I'm actually able to help them record and cut records, um, things that I've written, and then like people, some people want to buy my stuff, yeah. so it's like okay, yeah, yeah, I am a writer. You know, and at the same time, so um, about writing though, and like having someone else like cut the record, that part <laughs> I would say that that part like I'm getting better at letting go. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it is like your baby in a sense. Like I'm getting better at letting it go, <laughs> even if the song doesn't come out the way I want it to. I was like, oh, it doesn't have the sound that I wrote this for, but it's still cool. You know, what I'm yeah. saying it's, I'm, I'm helping you express your vision. So talk specifically like how that process works. You create mm-hmm. a song, right? You write a song, right? Like the shopping process. How does that work? So I mean, the, sh- the shopping the shopping process is a little different. Um, you know, you can have some types of plugs where they're like, hey, they they, they know about certain artists that need records. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, like there's some people, for instance, let's say at RCA, and they're like, okay, we're working with this person's project and this person's project. You know. You can send records to the camp, to the A&R, they'll clear them, then the artist will cut them, and then they got to make the final cut for mm-hmm. them. But the thing is, is like getting it to the A&R, and then, then having the artist actually cut the record. I mean, they get submissions from everybody, and then you got people who's already in their little camp. A little camp, yeah. So it's, it, it, it can't well, be hard. Once you get it to A&R, is it like done, it's no, it's no longer yours, or like... Or you still obviously get your credit. You still got your. You still own it because they didn't take it from me. They didn't cut it, and they didn't. Gotcha. They didn't really sign off on it mm-hmm. for the album. So even if it don't get picked up and it's in their camp just floating around, you can still shop it around. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's, it's there. So that's like one of those uh, situations we always hear in the industry where like certain artists. Rihanna, this person mm-hmm. has had something. You hear one way or one version, then mm-hmm. and then it switches. Mad. Like, wait, hold on, that's not the verse that. Was, yeah, there's three versions of the song. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, yeah. So that's that's that process. Then you got times where just people just they'll just buy it outright. They want the record. They'll just they'll just buy it. Yeah. Who have you? I guess it's the right term. Have you sold to anyone? I've gotten some of my music in certain certain camps. Okay. No cuts yet though. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you didn't cut it. <laughs> like, oh, please record a song. Cut this. Sometimes they don't even get a chance to hear it. Like, that's the thing. Like, this, they don't even get a chance to hear it. You're like, yo, if you would have heard this record. Yeah. I had a record with Bridget Spears' camp, and I just wanted her to just hear the record. But, oh, she loves Bridget Spears. <laughs> she's great, but she's also at the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, she I is. can't really like her anymore. Do you songwrite also? I actually don't. Okay. Sadly, I'm trying to tap into that more, but... 
you should. I know, I know. That's where all the money is. Because everything that you record may not be something you're gonna be able. Oh, I can relate. Like I can, I can relate to like what you were saying when you were um, sending in the songs, and then sometimes they don't get to hear it. That's how it is with us. Like our label, they kind of filter out the songs that they think would work best for us so we don't get to hear all the songs like even though we might like some of the other songs it's like we don't get to hear them all so it's just like is it one of those things that just feel like from a capacity standpoint you just can't go through every song so they just try to yeah that and and i don't know a lot of you know labels are can be controlling Mm -hmm. so they kind of give you a sound that they want you to to do and that's what yeah and that's what it is yeah i've been reading a lot like when i say a lot i mean like a shit ton of reading of like the music industry right Mm -hmm. is it in your benefit as an artist to become your own publisher and record label so that way you don't run into some of the things that you're talking about because i i'm sure you're familiar with like tunecore and like bmi Mm -hmm. ascap and all them is that a route that you would want to go it depends or is it still like still have some benefits to work with an already existing label. It depends. it depends on where you are in your career. Right. Um, if you have money, go indie. Please indie. be indie. But it, like, can you okay? Not to cut you off, but can you elaborate on that? You say have money. Have money for what? For everything. Yeah. Literally, yeah. like yeah. everything. Distribution, studio time, everything. Yes, everything. We're past that. So, say you have your own. You you can record your own music. You okay. can record. So, like, you have. Your friends are all in house can do those things. What else are you paying for? What else needs to be paid yeah, for? What's distribution? Distribution. Well, okay. Distrib- okay. And that's what I'm saying because two. I know for a fact right now I can go on TuneCore for forty dollars. I can get an artist album on one hundred and fifty different streaming services. That doesn't guarantee that the song is gonna go like a it gold doesn't. or a platinum. But understand. See, I think that's separate. I think getting something <laughs> out there. And then building upon what's out there is two different. Yeah, like, two it's different not impossible because didn't um. Somebody did a chance the rapper, isn't he like indie? He was indie like the whole time, right? It's, it's not black and white. Yeah. You have a he has a machine. He's quote unquote indie, as in like when Color Brick came out, he didn't get money off each sale or stream, whatever, but he has the machine of Apple. He signed an Apple deal. Mm-hmm. So he has the machine of Apple. Okay. To make so, yeah. it He's using the right word. But machine. that's for distribution though, right? Yeah. Machine though. But see that's different. See, technically he is indie because Without Apple, your music wouldn't be anywhere. So as an artist, he's indie, but you still need those third-party Spotify's, Apple's, Google Play. Like, they have to be involved. Yeah, not indie in the sense of, like, you would... A regular indie... He has has more backing behind him. No, I see, yeah... Technically, you're right. It's it's a little more context and gray area with him specifically. He's, like, his own little thing. Like, it's not a... Because, like, for example, like, his family, who they know, I think Mick is the that. best example for us, right? Okay. Is Mick signed to anybody? No, I don't think so anymore. Right? But he's on his way to that chance the rapperness, and he's just putting it out. And I'm, and I'm trying to understand the, the differences, and, you know, because I hear that a lot, like, we don't have money. It's like, now that I'm doing my homework outside of, like, mm-hmm. that's why I want you to literally to tell me, like, what is the... Well, the thing is, when 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 it's getting it distribu- di- distributed is is not the hard thing, right? Mm-hmm. As you said, it's it's not hard to go into TuneCore or you know a DistroKid and get your stuff to these to these places, correct? But there's campaigns and right. things that have to happen after that. Radio budgets alone to get a record on radio yes. and to break it on radio is a lot. It's, it's hundreds. Yeah. It could be hundreds of thousands yeah. of dollars to get one song broken on mainstream right. radio. 
then you have, you know, you got your visuals. You gotta mm-hmm, make sure I'm sorry mm-hmm. that you might, you gotta make sure you got your visuals and visuals can add up and that's mm-hmm. a visual you need to have visuals. Understood. Then on top of that, I mean you gotta I mean there's different things like for instance, Spotify. Spotify is huge on streaming. Mm-hmm. But like unless you get into one of those really hot playlists, you kinda you're gonna lost. just you just you just lost yeah. in it. Now you may know someone who can get you on those playlists, but they got a ticket and they ticket cost could be a few right. grand. Being now that these 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 companies are also growing and there's so much more traffic of artists going to them, mm-hmm. to, now that ticket's gonna go up a little more. Then you got your shows. Some shows you gotta pay to play. Some shows you know you you you're cool on. But then you know you gotta tour. Touring is very important. Mm-hmm. Then merchandising. Then all these different things. So like when you actually sit and look back, like it does it it, it can add up. So right. having a machine like a label quote-unquote, or something like an Apple Music, having that machine it can give you a little extra boost. Like, mm-hmm. like for instance, like one thing I could say, I think, and I just think he did it an excellent way. You guys, are you, is anyone familiar with John Bellion? John mm-hmm. Bellion? Mm-hmm. John Bellion, right? He had an, an album that he had out on Spotify, but he just did online promotion for like a year, two years, and then like, I mean, but he, he's putting marketing dollars into this thing. So like, just... Dumping all types of money, but online he did no shows, he didn't shoot no videos, online stuff. But then now, like he sells out every show, so now he 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 had found a method to where like now okay this works. He sells out shows now. Labels are like who's this John Bellion guy? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I went to one of his shows and I was like, yo, this this show is crazy. Like you know what I'm saying? Super talented, but um, I think it's like finding the best machine, right? Or finding a way to really be able to power the machine. And for a lot of us indie artists. Powering the machine is a budget. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So without that budget, I guess what I'm seeing that's working for a lot of artists, people like Logic, like Russ, mm-hmm. that they're building, they're like grinding, like dudes like him. That's like a in the true sense of an indie, tree, right. like years and years and years of mm-hmm. grinding. Um, what it seems like what they're doing is like they're starting out small and growing that core, super hardcore fan base, mm-hmm. and then taking that to a label or taking that to Spotify or Apple and get a partnership and mm-hmm. saying, hey, I go to all these cities, I can guarantee you 10,000 people. True. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. then getting that core and then going from there. Mm-hmm. And that seems like it's, it's taking us to that next level. So the point where they can tour and sell out right. and right. just move like a A-list artist or a big artist. I've seen Russ do stuff like that. Like Russ, you know what I'm saying? Like I think he's out in LA now, but like I see him, you know, just doing like these I remember he was just doing like these just little, these little campaigns. Once again, though, it's it's, it's, it's how you do your campaigns. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's all about how the you average person doesn't know who he is, right. but he sell he'll sell out more than your mm-hmm. A list, B list. It's how you music. run your campaign, and once again, when you run your campaign, it's the marketing dollars behind that. Mm-hmm. I think also even because at the end of the day, there's all everything in life comes down to fundamentals, and the fundamental of life is relationships. And that's why I think a good role for someone that works in the industry is like business development. Mm-hmm. Because as you guys are talking, I'm, I'm just like seeing all these, for example, um, I think what you said is, is finding a method, right? And just from listening to music and following like artists like, like from Instagram mm-hmm. that made it or, you know, some having or whatever. I was just talking to the lady at TuneCore about this. She was like, a lot of artists take the traditional routes of trying to get 
to like the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if an untraditional... Because you said mentioned um, like breaking a record on the radio is relatively expensive. Right. And I was like, is it expensive if like your best friend's the DJ on the radio? Like, would a DJ just put a song on the radio, for example, as a... as a You're my haunt. Like, I, I would give you my, a shot. I think certain DJs had... I think yeah. you have to have a certain clout, from my understanding. Like, if you're a Envy or a... You know what I'm saying? One of these people who have an influence in the station, but it, like, if... If your program director is like telling you what to do every single day, then you can't just throw like this is yeah. on the arrows. So you can't just like put whatever's on there. But if you have enough say so in the building, I think it could work. And the reason I say, especially like the marketing and the business development side, because I'm just thinking from what we like, what Khalif was able to make happen with DJ Greg Street. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, we're nobody in the sense of entertainment and music, yeah. but based on a relationship and cultivating it. Mm-hmm. They did our, our shout out on V103 right. for zero dollars. Yeah. I was like, Greg, can you play a 10 second snippet of my homeboy oh track? Like what time frame? Because you know what I'm saying? The morning show time frame, right? right. It's a lot more like a lot the more buzz. Where it's like, you know, like, in the evening. Y'all got my mind working. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just yeah, like, I'm But relationship too. I mean, that's 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 the key. Definitely important. But at some point. <laughs> at, at some point, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, like honestly, if you know, if this is what what God's will is for you, I mean, it's, it's, things it's are going to happen. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Regardless. And you're going to learn what you're going to learn. Doors are going to open up. Doors may close. Whatever way it is, you're going to you know what I'm saying? Whatever way, whatever route. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, some point it's going to come up in there somewhere, and then that's when you you say, okay, Lord, like. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I get, I did, then, then it'll open up. But I mean, just but from that indie point of view, right? I think, I think it's been it's been so hard to not look at it from a budget point of view because like just a lot of things do yeah. it just comes up a, a, a lot. Um, but 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 yeah, the relationship too. You gotta be able to cultivate that relationship, but then also know when to right. put it out. Right. When you put that relationship out, you gotta also be ready to. You know, it's just. <laughs> It's the artist, like, when, we, when you're in it and you kind of been through different things, you, you can kind of really understand. Yeah, and I'm asking, when I ask these questions, I'm really asking more for me, so I'm like, I'm not so you can see, I'm, sure. like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. like, internally. So do you think, like, 100K for an indie artist is cool for, like, a year? Or do you need more than 100K? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just... No, nah, don't mind my face. <laughs> I'm just, like, trying 100K to get... 100K with the right artist, like, right now, like, 50K, I'll be able to yeah. That'd be that'd be a whole other situation. If I had fifty k, these relationships that I have and different things that it, you can make, so you make something shake with fifty. Yeah. We good, right, we out. You know what I'm saying? Like we good. So it just it just it just it just depends. Sometimes you need that little kick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But a um, hundred k. So you're she's so, yeah. but, but that's good. Good. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna tie by ten. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Ten percent. You know what I'm saying? Like European tour. Like yeah, that's that's it. Like you know, because then it's like okay, like. I mean, even though, I think I think a, a upside too that indie artists do have is that like, you just you're so hungry to kind of figure out how things work, like you're not just like okay we want you and then they, now they they're taking you along the string because you're a signed artist and you don't know really much about anything you just know you just got to get on stage and perform and just look good, like but when you're indie artist you're like okay like I gotta know about this I gotta learn about this I gotta know about you know after I leave a studio we need a split sheets you know what I'm saying like. Little stuff like that will make a big difference. You know, how much percent did I write on this record? You know what I'm saying? Or, man, like, what's what's going to be, 
the best time to release a song. Like, I mean, yeah. there's all these different things that you learn as being an indie artist, so that way, when that time comes, and it's like, okay, now I've learned everything I need to learn, that opportunity comes, like, you get an investor that's like, I just love what you're doing. Here's 100K for your project. Now it's like, okay, like, you know how to move about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just... I'm gonna be real with you. This is no different. An indie artist is no different than a technology startup company. As as far it's as a like brand. The, it's a as, as far as like starting it from scratch and having to build mm-hmm. because everything you're saying is the exact same components of like speedalytics. Yeah. Mm. You you have a product you have to get it to its its most ready state, which right. is not nowhere near its ready state, but it's ready enough to show the public. Right. From there, you got to hope that investors come in so you can grow your team, grow mm-hmm. your marketing campaign. It's just understanding the process of building something. And once you have a good marketer and team, like you say, good management, you got some dollars, then the opportunities are going to start presenting themselves. And so I'm just curious to know, right, and especially the social media age, what do you think is the, the, the line between talent and following, hmm. right? When, hmm. when are you not good enough, but your following is big enough to take you there? And, you know, you know what I understand? Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Yeah, it's a it's a really weird it's conversion rates. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you want to t- conversions? Conversion conversions. Rates, um, interactions, all that type of stuff. Like the numbers. I mean, you can have x amount of followers, but like you should like certain things should reflect that. And if they're not, then maybe there's something that you need to work. Right. Maybe your marketing's not. You know, you need to pick up on that. But then I know, but then to really dig into what you're saying about, you know, like. For instance, that they could be a girl, she could be pretty, can kind of sing, but she got like 500K versus a girl who looks almost as good, really crazy good. voice. Yeah. Then now a label honestly would take a bigger, a quicker chance. On the old girl. On the other girl because it's like, it just seems like it's a, a quicker, sorry, mm-hmm. a quicker yeah. turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, let me give you like a really good example of this. Have you ever seen like those Instagram influencers that have, that went to like, 1.5 million followers yeah. then they'll release a single mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> I'm actually working with a kid like that right now he's a high school kid I'm working with and he has like like 100k followers his, his engagement is crazy he can sing a little bit but like we're working on a song right now and he just drop yeah. it and, he's so gonna, and people gonna just wanna to drop it, it. Yeah. it's what people gonna listen to you got it people gonna listen to it you and a third of them Buy right. your single for five dollars. Right, you still there? You're there already. Exactly. You know, like ankle bully. You know, uh, dribble too much. Nah. You, you know, bro. You know, handle life, bro. Like on Instagram, like, <laughs> dude, good loves. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bro, dude, release a dude, release a mixtape. Yeah. He has literally. It's called the ankle. It's called like, ankle bully volume one. It's on iTunes. You can download it. The the girl, what's her name? Michaela. She released the EP this weekend. The model chick. She's like, she's like a huge model. And my biggest question to that is, as true artists, does that not piss you off? Oh. Like, it has to. Like, you can't sit here and tell me that. Ryan, does it piss you off? Yes, it does. We can feel it. Because I get really mad. Like, one thing is this. Like, I understand, like, everyone understands the concept of 10,000 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's when you get to your peak. One thing is, I cannot stand the fact when people actually work. And just because a following allows you to ex- like get to this many people you're considered more you're better yeah. because you drop an album to your 1.5 but like they're not really in the lab working on yeah. their music mm-hmm. but the, hopefully the thing that works out 
not in their favor, but in the true artist's favor, is that it won't last. It'll be a flash in the pan. True. Mm-hmm. The thing is, in our society, it does last. Lil Pump last year made $18 million, bro. Mm-hmm. It lasts, I mean, like, let's see, in five years. I mean, yeah, he did. But 18, maybe that's enough, yeah. 18 mil could last a very... Like, that's generational wealth for... Uh, if he does it, yeah. If he does it the right way, right? That's generational wealth right there for a kid that made a song with 47 words. 47 <laughs> words. Like, and he's good forever. Oh, if he does it right. If he does it right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, just give me some real feelings here because I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad. We can I'm upset. <laughs> we can see. Like, you know, it's totally like that has to piss you off. No, that, that's real. That does piss me off, actually. I mean, one way I mean, to look at it, too, is, like, put in perspective, like, does $18 million equate to, like, the life that kid has to live? That's the part, bro. That's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. This is who you are for the rest. I mean, you can you can retire forever, but like, this is who you are. Like, what? I don't on the day to day. Like, what does that kid, the the six nines of the world, the little like little skies, like what are they? What are their daily lives? What do they have to deal with? I think they literally kind of stuff that goes around. They can Mm -hmm. just get. They can do it for their. They because that that figure wasn't around a year ago, Mm -hmm. and it probably doesn't have to be around three years from now. Like they, yeah. it's like they checked in for a four year period. <laughs> hey, I'm six nine for four years. I'm a little pump. Right. I, I think they would have if, if ideally they did that and then they became just got off the map and just went and just became businessmen. Y'all think that works out perfectly? But realistically, what is you know what I'm saying? What's what comes with that? That's what I'm that's saying. I'm glad you. I'm glad you opened that door because it's like, well, what comes with all of that wealth? And like, you know, if we if we if we if we really digging this thing. There are some things that we don't know, don't see, don't have an understanding about, or don't even know about. So, like, yeah, like, you know, when, when, the, when the, the follower, you know, they crack open, they got a new record, and it's like, man, wow, they're, they've just superseded everything I've been trying to do these last four years. It's like, now i got to sit back and say, well, am I coveting? Like, what, what's really in my heart right now? You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, this is my career. But then now, again, it's like, you know, how am I going about, like, that's that person's life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me, and then I think that's a point that you can, you have to, you know, you mature to that. You don't just start being an artist and, and just get to that. You just, you mature to that. You take some L's, you take some lumps sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You get some W's, but understand that you have a certain pace that you're going at, you're focusing on, because you're looking at what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. regardless of who's getting signed off for one record, Who's following is more crazier? What didn't happen for you this year? You know what I'm saying? You get caught up in that. It's like, all right, now, like, where's your heart at? So, like, I mean, I, I can only speak for myself and possibly you too. But, yeah, like, so it's certainly certain secular artists and, you know, artists that are really mainstream. They got these signing deals and things like that too. I mean, like, yeah, what's the trade-off? Like, what's, what's the real trade-off? Especially when you start hitting brackets of that big weight of your network where, where now <laughs> you 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 at a place where like you just really in that elite or close or you just in that place where you're just like you know you make so much money like everyone knows who you are you know what I'm saying and it's like even with certain labels and things like that what I'm really trying to say is just like you know we all know who the king prince of the air is mm-hmm that's what that's what I think it kind of goes. The down devil to. for anyone who didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to get all that. But I'm just but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? Like the rules of the world, you know what I'm saying? Like we are I mean 
Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying, like, so I don't think about it like, oh my God, this person just made 1.8 million. I'm just like, okay, that's that's what they, you know, God bless them there. But if I get that opportunity, Lord, you know what I'm going to do with it. But that's 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 theirs. Hmm. Yeah, I, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, I was going to say, I like what you said. Like, um, it is frustrating to see how somebody, like an opportunity like that can just land in their lap after them doing little to no work. It's like I've been grinding, doing that like my whole life to try to get there. But at the same time, like what you said, it's like what comes with that. Um, I, I, I think of it like God has me on this track for a reason. Like he has me going at a slower pace than what I would like. But it's for a reason. Like maybe he doesn't want me to get like so, so big. So that it's like, because, you know, that can get to your head. Like mm-hmm. if you get so big, it's like, oh, I'm the stuff now. Like, you know, like maybe, you know. God who, what? Right, right. God who God didn't bring here bring me here. It's like it was all me. No, maybe God's doing this, you know, to keep me humble or to like I look at it as more of just oh, I just want to be famous type thing. Like it's more than that. So it is frustrating to see that happening to others, but I have I also have to appreciate like the path that I'm on and just be here in this moment, you know. Type thing. Also, that just comes from general upbringing as well. Like, you can just see the world from a much more rounded perspective mm-hmm. of just, like, dollars and cents. And, like, you understand the difference between right versus wrong. Right. Where we live in a world where people don't see that line and it's just, like, go. Yeah. And, like, I'm just going to go. And wherever right. I stop. And, like, wherever I stop is where I stop. And, like, they, once you're, I think once you're in it, you're in it. Oh, yeah. So, like, to answer my question again, I'm thinking about it. I think the 6 9 a little pumped, like, they're done for. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, like they can't be a regular person. <laughs> it's, it's the guy with the Skittle tattoos of 69 all over his face. So let's also comment on how 6, we all know what symbolism that is for. And that's what I say, too. Even when you get to the certain... Ooh, that, he just means confusion. He, Listen, uh, he the devil before. brings a lot of confusion. <laughs> now, that's the thing. When you get to a certain level, and this is the scary part, when you get to a certain level, you're not just going to be at a certain level and things are good. People are going to start to approach you. They're going to put pretty things, on, ugly little things on pretty platters. And when you start to get to a certain point where you now have an understanding of what the industry really looks like, like you mentioned, it's, it comes down to the point where do you want it whatever it takes or are you going to stay true to who you are and mm-hmm. who you know you're, you're going to be? Because it gets like that. That's yeah. how it gets. When you get to a certain place, like people see you, record labels will come up to you and say, hey, now... This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be down? Not only that, but if you're not, the person right there will. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You don't think yeah. it. We got somebody else. So right. You, yeah. Like you can they use that leverage. But see, I think that's why it's very easily to say there's like at least seven people in the industry right now that have mastered the model, but they have not given in. It's like your J. Coles, your Big Sean's, your Ch- your your can't like they're they're very Childish. like they're not bought into. From what I can tell, at least yeah. the, the the media, the industry, they're still focused on the craft, mm-hmm. and like you can and you can see it, and you can actually hear the yeah, difference yeah. in their music and the messaging, because I come down to this: I like rap music that tells stories. I hate rap music that's self-imposing. Like, look at my car. Look at my mm-hmm. dr- my drip. Like, I, I can't hear that word that many times without like wanting to punch myself in the fucking face, and so. You can all you can seriously tell 
people that are, I hate the word woke, but the woke rappers versus the non-woke, mm-hmm. or, or just artists in general. And I was like, that is, the. I think those people are the epitome, like the, the, the pinnacle of what an artist should almost try to be, where you reach the greatest success, but you still have yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yourself, you, you understand your internal value so much that you don't care what a record label says because the value isn't in the record deal. It's within yourself. Selah. Mm. What? Facts. Selah. What does that mean? In what language? In the Bible, when it says Selah, that means stop and reflect. Interesting. You're, you're in a lot of biblical phases today. I find that we all know about those. I like this. Yeah, that's so sorry. That was the context of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool though. But I like it, man. And it was, yeah, I think the music industry. I've been reading, a, a, like I said, a lot about it. It's you can definitely tell it's set up to make just a, a very select few people. Like it's like an invite only group, right? And once you're in, you're in. But it, I think, truthfully there's very innovative ways now to get in that people aren't exploring because only A, B, C, D, E, F have been explored and those have what's worked in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think just the way technology works, the way relationships, how connected you can be to industry executives, radio people, or I think there's like G, I don't know, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's all these different avenues now. And so like that's what I'm trying to figure out is like what are those... 10, 11, 12 different avenues to help indie artists get on. Because I'm trying to tell you, just from some things that we've done, and we don't know what the hell we're doing, I'm like, we probably could tap into this a little bit harder and get, like, much, much greater results. Like, that's why I really wanted, I like everything that y'all have said. My last question is, have y'all been seeing, like, these articles this couple months that's going around that say, like, 12% of all revenues of the $43 billion made um, on streaming services goes back to artists. Does that sound familiar to you? Are you familiar with that at all? I'm not sure if you're referring to... That's just streaming. Yeah, just pure streaming. So is that on top of what's oh, already being... So look, I think you're getting to where I want to get to. Okay. But finish your thought. No, I was going to say, is that on top of what's already being sent back? Because, I mean, from streaming, is, I mean, are they... Increasing it, like, or is that just like a bonus tax, so, like a tax refund? So check this out, right? So when that article <laughs> came out, I think everyone was mad, like, how dare artists only get twelve percent? Mm-hmm. But I was like, what if last year it was five percent? Right. Or what if the year before that it was zero percent? Still bad. It's a increase, but it could be better. Kind of uh, if every million, every million streams on Spotify, you get cut a check like mm-hmm. six grand, something like that. But the thing is, it just depends on how fast you hit the million, what quarter it's in. Right. Then they'll send you, you know, whatever. But I think it's point per stream. It's like, excuse me, calculator. No, no, you can't. <laughs> but, but here's also all about <laughs> the thing is also this, right? Is that all the, the everyone was pissed in the comments. Like, how dare you? How dare you? You should head industry, whatever. And I was like, artists 15 years ago didn't get 12% of anything because there wasn't streaming. True. Yeah. I was like, and, yeah. and again, streaming is brand new. And now this was when I went to that panel last week, they were talking about it. They're like, streaming is so new. The numbers seem a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The numbers seem a lot worse because the industry is still trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah. Like, I, I guess a lot of our comes from like in any other uh, labor force or industry. If you saw a percentage like that or comparable, most people go on strike. Because, and I can't, 
I'll, I'll share it with you one day, but uh, Joe Budden talked about it on his podcast, and I can't speak to it like he did, but it's basically, he's basically saying that, like, when you think about these streaming services, what an artist creates and contributes to them being a viable company doesn't match up with what they get. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally can't have these entities without the artists in their work. Mm-hmm. They make the framework of this. It's not like a company where, like, we have it all and then we just use you. Like, mm-hmm. you literally are, mm-hmm. artists are the foundations of it. So the fact that that percent or payout doesn't so, equate to that. Yeah. If, if you apply it to, like, any other type of labor force, it just it doesn't add up. I think the, the needs of an artist though sometimes gets exploited because of what they can or cannot do. You know what I'm saying? Um, in the sense of, like... Artists who get signed. I mean, you may have a a record that's really good, great voice, but then you have this machine that's gonna do all this other work mm-hmm. that you can't even do. So that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, we're only gonna give you twelve percent on this one, you know. Or you get those people that like those artists that they can sing really good, but they didn't write the record. There's like five different writers in, in the yeah. session and producers that did it too. So that's another piece Your of it. Your mind's in a place that I, we don't I, see. I, I, I like how you think because you're looking at it from a broader perspective of just a, a track and a title public. It, yeah, it's it's like, than that. There's a there's legal a fees, of, there's marketing mm-hmm. fees, there's there's a lot of things that go into yeah. what make up that $43 billion industry. That's what, I'm, that's out, what I mean. Outside so of just the song now. itself. So yeah, so like 12%, like you said, last year it could have been 7%. You know what I'm saying? But 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 it's still low, like compared to what it could be. But then you got you got to think about it. You could be that in hundred percent if you're just your own record label, everything distribution, and you brought everything in house. That's when there is no article or whatever the case may be. It doesn't make a difference anymore mm-hmm. because you don't have to cut nobody because you are. We got to cut your people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But if they really like type people, it's like. That's the one you want to cut that percentage. Yeah, like yeah, I would rather give you the check versus mm-hmm. Esquire yeah. lawyer just because mm-hmm. he got his JD from Northwestern. Like it don't make a difference. Yeah, that's why the two teams winning right now: LeBron and Chance, and they both have teams that they literally grew up with. Yo, LeBron's making it hard for people like me though. We gotta talk about it. <laughs> Yo, Clutch Sports is trying to monopolize the, the NBA. I mean, you think about LeBron, like his team is his best friends. Same thing with Chance, like Donnie, Donnie Trumpet, like mm-hmm. all these dudes, like they all came up together. That's the model that you have to follow. But here's what's pissing me off. Now everybody has look, a best friend who's... Yeah. So look, check this out. When we, <laughs> the week we came up, all the boys from Maryland came for the showcase. We talked about this already, so I'm fine talking about it. It was like, yo, yo, we love what the showcase was. Let's do it, yada, yada. It's like, I'm thinking about starting up my own thing in Maryland. I'm like, why are y'all talking about starting up your own? The hard work is done. It's set up. Everyone just contribute. But no, like what happens is everyone's like, I want to do my own thing. And, like, you have these groups of people, eight people that could come together and do one major thing. And I was like, no, let's two go this way. And, and us two are going to spin off and do this. And me and Marcus want to do our podcast. It's like, no, instead of segregating, unify. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the stuff so Josh bringing y'all to, like. Yeah. Everybody wants to be, like, the, every, like I, the good way, not the bad way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like, everyone wants to be, like, the man so bad. Because, like, the man. Dude, I want to be behind the camera. I just want to get a check, direct deposit, and you don't have to see my face. <laughs> Point blank, period. By the way, how was the showcase? I don't know. Yeah, you can't ask me. <laughs> also, you have to ask people that went because okay. I thought it was fine, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. But everyone else was like, it's cool. So I was like, you have to ask other people. Okay. Uh, everyone said it was cool. So I'll say that. What's the next you, one? 
October 27th. Hmm. I have to have a conversation about that. No, you could. And then we will plug you in. And it's mine, so I don't have to think about it. <laughs> so so it's, it's kind of that simple. Um, open open invite as well. Whatever. Well, here, okay. This is awkward. I don't know if it's awkward. Is it weird for a gospel artist group to come to a hip-hop show? Like, is that weird? I don't know. Um, that's and then that's where you that's where you play off this you play off the sound, like that's where like you can, yeah that's where you gotta play off the sound because right. like I do like like all my shows are not like in a church or like at a youth thing like like a youth federation they're, conference they're at a place, but then you gotta <laughs> but then you just gotta those are lit. Those are lit. <laughs> youth federation do they still do youth federations yes like that's a thing still yes, my cousin that's the one that is that one downtown. Oh, they're that, still that, youth that guy that, yes and no so that, that's like the adult one but no, they have like one no, strictly for kids teenagers. no all about like the college hall of fame it was this was years ago this was 2010 2010 I saw this like within a year ago for real a whole bunch of teenagers Wait, and they where? all had like bibles they walk around see you know like, like, don't get us confused bro about it, the, hey. it had to be at the congress center Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the same, like... No, nah, probably not, but... Like, You're talking about GC. No, he was here for GC. We talked about that. When all those people came in Atlanta GC. for 2010... It was deep. Yeah. It was hella deep, bro. <laughs> I said more recently, like, this past year. Deep in like Deep in They all had, like, the same name, you know, they all had Bibles. Yo, that wasn't us, bro. That wasn't us. That wasn't us. It was different. It was different pig, man. Mark said, bye. We were like, that's why, boys. It was a lighter. It was <laughs> but funny. not, not like I say like I would first off so open invite whenever y'all want to come just let us know. No, no, we're do, we doing bi monthly like every other month right now, but if it gets to the point where we start doing monthly, we probably will. Um, it's no issues. Just like we can do it as often as we honestly want to. We could do it once a week if we really needed to. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, it was it was cool. Got some feedback. A lot of the artists they had. I say this every artist had a good time some areas that we need to improve on as far as like bringing in some additional sound mm-hmm. sounding to like tie into what's already there mm-hmm. but I mean there was no way to know that guess why no one showed up for sound check so mm-hmm. I, I really Dang. didn't feel bad <laughs> hey tried to sound check is it's so yeah. important but it's so important so like, like sound, a minute bro. before like yeah, two minutes like, <laughs> like nah bro <laughs> sound check so important like that'll make or break you in a performance sound that check, can't make or break my you. reverb need to be hitting everything need to be I need my monitors like straight up. I'm sorry. I just and so like to paint a picture for like while I'm asking like a lot of probing questions because mm-hmm. a lot of my friends, like one of my boys from back home, he's actually trying to get on. He may start um, going on tours early as next year. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do is create a platform being a showcase where the artists, I think finding them is fine. But what I focus on is bringing industry people, right? So if you're saying like, yo, I need to get on through the radio, Mm. why don't I just invite some radio people and like literally 1079 was at the first showcase right. like promotions coordinator mm. so I really think I don't know what it is but if you read all the books that I've read for like the last three years they say the, the one key thing is relationships because I'm trying to tell you I, I don't care who it is if that person is the, the program director and you have a good standing relationship with them mm. they're going to toss you a bone yeah. mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. like they'll play my homeboy song in primetime traffic just because of something I did for him the week yeah. before, just that consistent. So that's what I focus on is bringing the artist and then bringing an A&R from like an Interscope or bringing a DJ that has worked with a similar artist that you probably aspire to be 
So that way, maybe you're not getting a record deal, but now you're working with the dude that just worked with the dude that got a record deal. Right. So it's kind of like working through gatekeepers almost. Um, and so like that's that's how we're trying to build it out. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, so like from a showcase, and then you know helping them as far as like business development and all mm-hmm. that all that cool stuff. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't really can't talk to him too much about it. My man got yeah. management already. Not trying to cause too much in a conflict. But, you know, that's a little bit what it is. So, yeah, October 27th is going to be the next one. Y'all should definitely slide. Yeah, you're here. So you should be able to slide. You'll be here soon enough. Or just fly back. Tra- is travel easy for you? Like, you'd be like, Jordan, I'm trying to go. And he'd be like, all right, bet. <laughs> How does that go? Well, uh... I mean, just, I mean, it's, it just depends on the venues. The venues, they'll do whatever show I'm doing. Like, they'll, they'll, I'll get you out there. there True. But being in, but one of the reasons why I'm coming this way because being in LA is just the, 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 the long distance. To right. Come here. It's a time changer. Yeah, like it's just a, it's a stretch every time. So that's cool. Well, no, well, we're glad that. So look, <clears throat> this, this is what how my business development mind works. In mm-hmm. January, y'all make a song easy. Oh, yes. I think so. We should do a record. Oh, dude. Okay. <laughs> we we definitely down, should do a record, so, yeah. for sure. Facts, with Devin. Yeah, so I, Devin I was, produced that. I had that. Devin to write See, for this, them. This is, yeah. And oh. then when Devin, when Devin be back, he actually sent me some of your music, too. That's crazy, yeah. Really? That's how I first heard you. Yeah, okay. that's so dope, man. Y'all have to check out some of your music. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking, yeah. Of, speaking well, of checking well, out the 13 music. The 13 show needs their 2% royalties. That's going to be produced here. Speaking of that, I just released a record called Close Up. So you guys get a chance, Spotify. Shout out your music. handles, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Kenneth Clark on Instagram. Kenneth Clark, K-E-N-N-I-S, everything. So you type my name and you'll find it. But yeah, about, you know, the close up, the song. It's, it's like, you know, place where I was at, where I was like closing up on God, but I was kind of telling myself not to do it. Kind of give an example. So it's definitely a good vibe. You guys will definitely connect with it, I think so. Cool. Let me um, but yeah. check it out. Did you do it one more time. We did it too early in. Oh, yeah. Okay. One more time. So, y'all check us out, me and my sisters, at Juzang Music. Um, J-U-Z-A-N-G, and that's everywhere. IG, Twitter, YouTube, all that. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. Appreciate y'all. Labor Day weekend. Have a good... Oh, when is it going to drop, Tuesday? Eddie? Tuesday? No, Mon- Wednesday. We'll, we'll talk to y'all. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It's the 1305 show. We out.